2: Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the program. Broadcasting live from our studios in downtown South Bend, not too far from the campus of the University of Notre Dame. Fighting Irish football this Saturday. We've got a 3.30 kickoff in Chapel Hill. The Irish and the North Carolina Tar Heels meeting for a third consecutive year. The Irish have beaten them in 2020 and 2021. The last win for the Heels in the series, 2008. And it looks like it's going to be a glorious day for football in Chapel Hill. Sold-out crowd for the matchup. 75 degrees is the expected high temperature in Chapel Hill with a 0% chance of precipitation and a light wind. The spread for this game has bounced around. Maybe it's starting to settle in as North Carolina being a slight favorite on this fighting Irish football team. Great to have you with me here on WSBT Radio. We're live on 960 AM WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the free WSBT Radio app. Get the app right now at the iTunes or Google Play Store. Search WSBT Radio and with the app you can listen to us live. The podcasts are available to listen to whenever you would like. It is 10 minutes after 5 o'clock and right now just 62 degrees in downtown South Bend, Indiana, under Cloudy skies tomorrow, mostly sunny, increasing clouds, a high of 66 degrees. Well, coming up on the program this evening, we're going to be focusing on this Notre Dame-North Carolina matchup in various ways, including with our Twitter question of the day in the next segment. We'll take a look at the betting lines for Notre Dame and North Carolina coming up right around 540, The My 5 question of the day, five things the Irish offense will hope to accomplish in their matchup against North Carolina. It's Thursday, so we kick off the 6 o'clock hour with my Notre Dame opponent rankings. We take the 12 teams the Irish will play in the regular season and rank them just like the AP and the coaches poll will do with the top teams in the country. Last week, the top five was... North Carolina at number five, then BYU four, USC three, Clemson two, Ohio State one. BYU stumbled for the first time this year, losing at Oregon convincingly 41 to 20. So does BYU drop from number four? We'll talk about that coming up as we kick off the six o'clock hour. You'll hear from Fighting Hours Center, Zeke Carell. We have our sports wagering segment to get to. We'll set up White Sox and Guardians. Once again tonight on the south side of Chicago, and things are slipping away for Chicago. All that and more coming up over the next couple of hours here on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The
1: first pitch and the first pitch of the night, and we are ready for the first pitch of- into the wind of his first offering, just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
2: All right, our first pitch tonight, we're going to talk about this Notre Dame-North Carolina matchup with the help of Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman and his first-year defensive coordinator, Al Golden. First off, Marcus Freeman met the media today, his Thursday Zoom session. Injury-wise, the only update we got, sophomore tight end Mitchell Evans trying to come back from a foot fracture out of a boot could be ready for the October 8th game against BYU or soon after. So possibly another offensive weapon ready to go at the tight end position as Mitchell Evans works his way back from a foot fracture. We spent a little time yesterday talking about the Tommy Reese video going viral. NBC caught Reese on the phone talking to Drew Pine from his press box location and He let Drew have it pretty good. You could see the anger in Reese. Some choice words were used on several occasions. And I mentioned yesterday, I have no problem with what Tommy did. He has no reason to apologize for his language. It's football. Some words are used in a football moment. And Tommy used them to get his point across. So no big deal. Marcus Freeman had a chance to address today the actions of his offensive coordinator.
3: No, I think it's it's something that might have been a, a bigger issue to those outside the football program than it was to us inside the football program. That tough coaching is what you get every day. And I've always had a strong belief you can push guys as far as they trust you. And to me, that is a reflection of Coach Reese and Drew Pine's relationship. You know, and and Drew Pines the first to say, I want tough coaching. I want that type of coaching. And and obviously, Tommy and myself and everybody in this program, um, we got to be cautious on the language we use. You know, and I got to remind myself, I have six kids, and and I'm sure little ones are watching. You got to use, be careful on the language you use. But that's an intense moment that that we had to, you know, try to find a way to get Drew to snap out and to, to be able to perform at the level we expect. And again, you don't treat every player the same in terms of how you coach them. You treat them um, in terms of what will help them respond in the right way. And for that moment, that's what Drew needed. And 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 Drew would be the first one to tell you that. And so, but I hope people understand that that is a reflection of a the relationship they have and, and plenty of other coaches have with their players, um, is that, hey, they know it's not personal because of the relationship we have. There's a trust issue. You, you don't trust your coaches and all of a sudden he's screaming at you to do your job, then all of a sudden, you know what, That that's not going to get the results that you want, okay? But if you have a strong relationship with the guys in the room, they trust you, um, those moments that are intense are never personal. It's all about making sure we get the job done.
2: Two things. Again, I'm not worried about the language. If your television has Netflix – Prime Video, HBO Max, whatever the case may be. Youngster can flip that on and hears a lot of worse things than what Tommy Reese said. You could not even hear what Tommy said. If you're a lip reader, you got it, obviously. I'm not sure how many six- and seven-year-olds are lip readers. But it happens. It happens in the heat of the moment. But I do like what Marcus brought up that there needs to be a relationship between the coach and the player, a trust factor, in order for a coach to really go after a player the way Tommy did. Just imagine you being in Drew Pine's shoes and your coach or your boss, however you want to handle this, you don't respect them. Or maybe they treated you unfairly and you just don't respect them. And you get handled in that capacity. It's probably going to lead to things getting worse. You're going to tune them out. You're going to feel deflated, defeated. And things aren't going to go well. So I really like what Mark has said there. You need to have a relationship. There needs to be a trust between coach and player in order to have a coach go after a player the way Tommy Reese did. With Drew Pine. So I think that was a really, really good point by Coach Freeman. So Drew Pine getting set for his second career start. As we all know, Tyler Buckner injured in the Marshall game. Done for the year, needing shoulder surgery. Out four months. So Pine is ready for start number two. And it is the second consecutive week that freshman Steve Angeli is number two, one snap away from taking over this fighting Irish offense. Marcus Freeman today, during his Zoom call, was asked how ready jelly is, if needed, against North Carolina.
3: There's no other option. Me <laughs> you know, Eric, and that, that we have to be comfortable. And that's, you know what, that's Coach Reese, and, and all of our job is to make sure that we have a package. Listen, you can't ask someone to do things that they're not capable of doing. I don't think you're going to ask Steve Angeli to run every single play that, that you're asking Drew Pine to run. It, it's, it takes time to learn the entire package, the entire offensive system, but guess what? Steve Angeli, if he's presented with the opportunity, he has to go in there and execute. He has to go in there and be able to do what we need our quarterbacks to do, and so we have to meet him halfway. we got to be able to ask Steve Angeli to do the things that we know he can do. Um, but it also has to be enough that you're not running one play. And so I feel really strongly about the way he's prepared. He's prepared um, not as the team quarterback, but as a quarterback that can be ready to go into the game. And, and he has the greatest example in, in Drew Pine, you know, being in that room. And so I've also challenged Drew Pine to say, hey, man, anytime you're watching film, anytime you're getting extra film in and studying, you got to drag Steve Angeli with you or you got to bring him with you because he's got to learn what it really means to prepare as a college quarterback. And I think you're seeing a lot of growth between those two in this week. And, uh, um, again, Eric, I'm confident because he is our option. He's our next option. If something happens with Drew, he's got to go in the game and he's got to do his job.
2: Well, Marcus started by saying he's the only option. (laughs) Sorry about that, guys. A little lower on the depth chart, but I I think we all know what Marcus meant there. When he said that today, it – took me back to seventh grade. I was a reserve guard on my seventh grade basketball team. Got into a game with three seconds left. I mean, you talk about scrub time. That's me. I got in. The other team had the ball. They inbounded it. I stole the ball. Took two dribbles. Half court. Let it fly. Swish. Nothing but nylon, baby. Count it. My reward in the locker room, my coach in front of the team said, Darren, that was a great shot, great play. Unfortunately, we probably won't have you in the game in that spot with the game on the line. Yeah, that really happened. At the end of the season, I retired from basketball. Thanks to that great motivation from my seventh grade coach. And started my broadcast career a little early, started prepping myself for that, something I wanted to do as a little kid. So that's how my basketball dream ended. Thanks to that great motivation speech by my seventh grade basketball coach. Hmm. Not that it still bothers me today. All right. The Irish are getting set to take on a North Carolina offense, averaging 51 points per game. Their quarterback is Derek May. Outstanding. Doing it all right now. 74% completion percentage. He's ran for over 100 yards. He's got Josh Downs apparently back as all-everything wide receiver who had 10 catches for 143 against the Irish last year. They've got a solid running game. Maybe they didn't play their best against Georgia State, according to their head coach, Mack Brown. Still put up 35 on the road against Georgia State. So the Irish will take on, for the second time in four weeks, a high-powered offense on the road. Week one, it was Ohio State. Week four, it's North Carolina. Defensive coordinator, Al Golden.
4: I think we were more consistent, probably. Um, You know, there was really long periods of good football in the first two weeks, and then there was uh, an explosive play or something that broke our back, and uh, we tried to avoid those as much as we can. We're going to have to do a better job keeping the quarterback in the pocket. That's one thing coming out of the game. Um, we were definitely more ball aware, you know, we were active on the ball. We didn't get one. You know, we had a turnover that was uh, nullified, but, um, you know, so those are the things that we're, we're working on. But in general, I just, I just think we played collectively. We played better um, and uh, we, we played as a single unit, which was great.
2: California last Saturday and the loss to the Irish had just 18 first downs. That was actually one more than the Irish offense. The run game for Cal, 31 carries, 112 yards, 3.6 yards per attempt. The passing game, 184 yards, just 16 of 37 for Jack Plummer. So for the game, California only had 296 yards of total offense, 68 plays, 4.4 yards per play. By the way, the Irish had one more yard than California. The Irish had... 297, an average 4.6 points per play. Third down, Irish did a good job of getting Cal off the field, 4 of 15. Cal was 1 of 3 in fourth down conversions, and no surprise, we knew this going in, Cal would have trouble protecting their quarterback. They gave up six sacks to Cal Davis and UNLV. The previous two games, the Irish put up six against Plummer and the Golden Bears on saturday that wasn't a very good offense this just in carolina has a phenomenal offense
4: prolific he's right i mean you know just uh answers at wide out answer at tight end now playing really well for him um three maybe four running backs um depending on on the injuries and things of that nature um you know uh with downs you know they they have a go-to guy Explosive go-to guy, and they you have know, a quarterback that can reach it with his arm uh, or his legs. So, great challenge for us.
2: Well, the Irish got some solid play from the interior of their defensive line against California. Jacob Lacey. five tackles in the ball game, had a pair of sacks. Boy, when you get that type of push and production from the interior of your defensive line great things are gonna happen in that game and if they continue in the future for this Fighting Irish football team. I mean, there was so much talk about Isaiah Foskey and Riley Mills going into the season and rightfully so, but stealing some headlines right now, Howard Cross, the team's leading tackler, and the way Jacob Lacey played for defensive coordinator, Al Golden.
4: Uh, He's an awesome kid. Uh, He does a great job. He really does. He works really hard. Whatever we ask him to do, he does it, you know, really, really well. And, and uh, we, uh, we we had some matchups and some opportunities, and he came through for us. And uh, I'm, I couldn't be more happy for a young man because he just he bring, he goes to work every day. He's a class act. Just so much fun to be around. So much fun to coach, and uh, he's a team player.
2: Finally, let's talk about a player that could be close to helping this Fighting Irish football team, Prince Collie, the sophomore. A couple of years ago, a well thought of recruit. That the Irish collected in their class of 2021. But the Irish are still, I think the way they would put it, they're still trying to gain full trust in Prince Collie before they put him on the field. You have to earn the trust of the coaching staff. Are you able to do the job necessary to not only get on the field, but stay? on the field so how close is Prince Collie? once again Al Golden
4: yeah I'm very excited I just set it upstairs you know I'm, um you know he has such a good spring and summer um uh, and then uh, you know had an unfortunate injury and then you know he got got behind a little bit and then once you get behind him when the season starts it's, it's a little bit harder so I really feel like he looks great right now and I'm, I'm excited for him I'm uh, He's he's really close, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, this is the week he breaks through.
2: All right, so who knows? Maybe it is this week we'll see Prince Collie on the field at North Carolina. A reminder that Mike Linebacker, J.D. Bertrand, we will not see him until the third quarter, whistled for targeting near the end of the Cal game. It was a classic targeting call. No one disputing it. It was the right call. And Bertrand, because of that targeting call, must sit out the first half of the North Carolina game. So we're assuming we'll see a decent amount of Bo Bauer. Maybe he gets a majority of the snaps and plays the Bertrand. And then I'm sure J.D. will work his way back into the action once the third quarter gets underway down in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. 5.26 is our time. That's our first pitch tonight, Al Golden. Marcus Freeman getting a set for the matchup as the Irish take on the North Carolina Tar Heels Saturday at 3.30. All the action on Sports Radio 960, WSBT. When we come back, our Twitter question of the day yesterday was, should the Irish add a quarterback through the transfer portal this offseason? How did you vote? We'll tell you coming up in a moment, plus our new Twitter question of the day, on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT, and don't forget the Marcus Freeman Show starts at seven o'clock here on WSBT.
1: Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat.
0: Touchdown, Chris
1: Tyree! Yes! 98 yards. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wide open, touchdown Motor Dame, Lorenzo Styles. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett.
2: Oh, I feel like celebrating as a fan right now, as a Cardinal fan, we just scored our first run in 50 innings. Set off the fireworks. Holy cow. 532 and WSBT. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday sports Speed here on WSBT Radio. Week 4 college football action getting underway tonight. We have three games on the docket. So if you're a big college football fan, maybe you're going to check out one of these matchups, even though there is Thursday night NFL tonight. Steelers and Browns, which you can hear on WSBT Radio tonight following the Marcus Freeman Show. But tonight in college football, West Virginia is taking on Virginia Tech. The Mountaineers are 1-2. The Hokies have a record of 2-1. and one. They're lost to Old Dominion. They have a win over Boston College so far this year. The game is in Blacksburg, and despite the fact Virginia Tech has a better record than the old Mountaineers, West Virginia – is favored by two-and-a-half points, according to my sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Also tonight, the team that North Carolina played two weeks ago on the road, Georgia State. They will take on Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, good football team the last couple of years. A a two-and-a-half point favorite on the road at Georgia State. And the other matchup tonight in Shambana, it is Chattanooga taking on Illinois, a rematch I guess of the NCAA tournament last year where the Illini escaped with a win over the Box in the first round. Illinois hosting Chattanooga, who is actually a top 10 school in the FCS, so kind of one of those dangerous teams. This line had been sitting at 17 and a half for most of the week, all of a sudden, In the last couple of hours, I think the Sharks have jumped in, and the line has moved significantly, so there's a lot of money coming in on the fighting Illini. As the spread right now, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, Illinois is favored by 21 points, and the over-under is not moving. It's still at 44.5, so I'm assuming the expectation is Illinois is going to score most of the points in that 44.5. Over under, but the Alani favored by 21. I'm not sure I could side with my team there. I think that's a lot of points for a pretty good FCS school in Chattanooga. So, those are three college football games that maybe you're going to check out tonight.
1: This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
2: Okay, yesterday's Twitter question of the day, which you can find on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Yesterday's question, should Notre Dame get a quarterback from the transfer portal if it is the right fit during this upcoming offseason? Now let's set this up before we give you the answer. Tyler Buckner, a sophomore this year, Played two games, got hurt, won't see him again. Still don't know what you have. Drew Pine might be in position to start the 10 games Buckner can't. I think we kind of know who Pine is. But maybe we'll find another level to his game over the next nine football games. You've got Steve Angeli, a true freshman. So, those are your main three guys that you have coming back next year. Now, the question is do you need to bring in a veteran quarterback to enhance the quarterback position? Well, we put it to a vote last night, again on my Twitter account, at 960SportsBeat. And here's the results. 94% of people who voted said yes, Notre Dame should add a quarterback from the transfer portal if it's the right fit during the offseason. 6% said no, we're good. This is one of those questions I wish I would have asked, what is your reasoning? Is it just because there are some really good players out on the transfer portal and you want to add another good player to the quarterback room or are you looking for this player to be your starting quarterback if you're going to bring in a grad transfer the expectation is you want him to start marcus freeman was asked about the transfer portal and getting a quarterback on monday and again he got a little confused with the question at first he answered the question about this coming offseason. Then Pete Sampson from The Athletic reeled him back in and said, no, I was asking about before the start of this season. So this was Freeman on the transfer portal and possibly grabbing a quarterback.
3: About after a season, you know, and in- – See where Tyler Buckner is coming back from injury. See, you know, we got a, a long season ahead of us. We still got nine guaranteed games in front of us to to evaluate Drew and Steve Angeli and, and Ronnie Pross. And, and if that's a position of need that we need to go and get a high school quarterback or get a, a transfer quarterback, we'll, we'll definitely
1: evaluate that and make I, that decision. I meant last winter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If, if this was a conversation you guys had as a staff. Yes.
3: Like, uh, We discussed it right when I became the head coach. I had conversations with with Coach Reese about it, and um, we felt like at that moment we did not need to get a college transfer.
2: Okay. Again, USC's Keaton Slovis said that Notre Dame contacted them. They were the first team, but maybe it just didn't go that far. Whatever the case may be, Notre Dame did not add a a grad transfer. They did not add any type of quarterback from the transfer portal. Freeman mentioned, well, we could add a quarterback in the class of 2023. I'm sorry, who's it going to be? I don't know. A lot of swing and misses in this class. C.J. Carr, class of 2024, could reclassify, but we don't know if that's going to happen. And again, as I talked with Mike Singer recently from Blue and Gold Illustrated, if Carr reclassifies... I just can't imagine he's here as an early enrollee. That means you missed three semesters of high school. That just doesn't seem like that's going to work. But we'll see. We shall see. So I I don't know who this quarterback is going to be in the 23 class unless it is Carr reclassifying. Okay, so 94% said, I'm all in. Let's go get a quarterback in the transfer portal. All right, here is today's question. Which of these four choices will be the closest to Notre Dame quarterback Drew Pine's stat line Saturday against North Carolina? So which of these stat lines do you feel like might resemble what Pine does against the Heels in Chapel Hill? Choice number one, 175 passing yards and a touchdown. Choice number two, 225 passing yards and a touchdown. Your third choice, 240 yards for Drew Pine and two touchdown passes. And finally, maybe it becomes a shootout in Chapel Hill. So we have a fourth choice of 300 passing yards for Drew Pine and a couple of touchdown passes. Early on, the voting is very, very tight. We'd love for you to take part. Go to my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat and give us your opinion what Drew Pine's stat line may look like on Saturday against North Carolina. I'm just reading something from Jeff Goodman, who covers college basketball for the stadium. If you're a Big Ten basketball fan, you'll probably understand why I'm bringing this up. But more changes with Big Ten officiating. Bo Borowski will retire. Again, if you follow the Big Ten, you know why that's very important. That's actually exciting news. So that leaves the Big Ten with no primary officials that have worked the Final Four. Borowski has worked a trio of Final Fours. Not sure who he paid off, but okay. 541 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Coming up as Sportsbeat continues. Let's get the Las Vegas feel for this Notre Dame North Carolina game. We will pass along some numbers coming up as Sports Beat continues on your Home of the Irish Sports Radio 960. WSBT. Since 1978,
1: Pet Refuge has meant shelter and love for thousands of furry friends in our community while waiting for their forever homes. If you're 18 or older and love dogs, cats, or just enjoy making a difference, Pet Refuge needs you. Volunteer to be a foster home or assist during adoption events. They also need help with office work, cleaning, feeding, and maintenance. If you can spare four hours a week, you can make a difference. Go to PetRefuge.com to fill out a volunteer application or visit their
2: shelter Monday through Saturday between 10 and three. Hi everyone, Darren Pritchett for DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, All season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use my promo code 960AM to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 960AM only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Indiana only, bonus issued as free bets, one boost per eligible game, opt-in required, parlay and wagering restrictions apply, eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms, gambling problem, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
1: Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams, down the sideline Williams, chased by Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith touchdown. Five
0: by Rocket touchdown. Irish.
1: Here's your host, Darren
2: Preachett. All right, 547 at WSBT. We're talking Irish and Tar Heels. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTRadio.com. And on our free. WSBT radio app. Let's go to the folks out in Las Vegas. How are they breaking down this Notre Dame-North Carolina matchup? I will use some of the numbers that come from my sponsor. I guess I'm their spokesperson here in South Bend, DraftKings Sportsbook. It has been a thrill to work with them. I worked with another of the agencies the last couple of years and I'm not just saying this it DraftKings Sportsbook is so much better having a lot of fun with it and enjoying the $200 in free bets that I mentioned during the commercial a moment ago I signed up before last weekend and I've used one of my $25 wagers I went under 42 and a half points for Texans and Broncos where they end up with 25 points so the first one Worked out pretty well, so nothing like free money. Don't think I'm going to touch Notre Dame-North Carolina with one of my free bets because I don't know how to handicap this game. I really, really don't. Tim Murray, who is from VEASAN, the big Notre Dame fan who I had on the program before the Ohio State game, he messaged me last night during the show, asked for my feel on the game, and I said, I can't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. He's like, I wouldn't even spend my neighbor's money on this game because it is absolutely a roll of the dice. The best way to wager in this game, flip a coin. That's probably the way I would go because I just don't have a feel for how this game is going to turn out. I'm going to struggle with a final score prediction tomorrow. I guarantee you that. But right now, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, a little more money coming in on the home team. This number has danced around. It was one and a half. North Carolina, the favorite last night during the program. But as of right now, North Carolina is a two point favorite according to DraftKings Sportsbook at minus 110. If you want the Irish plus two points, you also get them at minus 110. Straight up, who wins the ball game? North Carolina, a slight favorite at minus 130. Notre Dame right now is at plus 110. The over under for the ball game. As of last night, it was sitting at 55.5, and and the number has gone up over the last 24 hours. The over-under for the Irish and the Heels is now 56.5. I feel like these teams could fly right by that. With the way Carolina can score and with the way Carolina can give up points, it's possible that number could be flown by. Now, the Irish may try to run the football a lot, which I expect them to do, control the clock, but they might rip off some big runs and and give the ball back to Carolina quicker than they want. So that'll be an interesting number to follow. Right now, 56-and-a-half, the over-under. Either way you go, it is minus 110. You dig a little deeper into this game at DraftKings Sportsbook, and they give you so many more options than some of the competition. That's why I really enjoy them. The first-half numbers... Who leads at halftime? Notre Dame is the underdog at plus 105. North Carolina the favorite at minus 125. So what does plus 105 mean? If you think Notre Dame is going to lead at halftime, plus 105 means if you bet $50, you win 102.50. So you do a little bit better than doubling your money on Notre Dame. In the first half, Notre Dame gets a half a point at minus 110. Carolina gives up a half a point at minus 110. Over, under total points for the first half, 27 and a half between the two teams. The over is the favorite at minus 115. The underdog is under 27 and a half points at minus 105. A normal year, Carolina and the Irish would fly right by these. Over/unders, But Notre Dame right now near the bottom in scoring in college football, and I'm sure that's a big reason why the number's a little lower than usual. But then again, you look at North Carolina's defense, and you wonder if that balances things out. First quarter breakdown for Notre Dame, North Carolina. Again, Carolina is the favorite to have the lead at the end of the first quarter. Boy, the coin flip is big here because oftentimes you could have the team That gets the ball first. They get two possessions in the first quarter. Maybe the other team only gets one. But right now, Carolina the favorite at minus 120 to lead at the end of the first quarter. You can double your money again on Notre Dame at plus 100. So if you wager on the Irish in this game in about any category, you're the underdog and you have a chance to double your money if Coach Freeman's team takes care of business. You've got over under total points in the first quarter, 13 and a half. And the underdog is the under at minus 135, the over plus 115. So pretty good juice there on over 13 and a half. Who scores first? Carolina minus 120, the Irish minus 110. And finally, total points for the two teams. This is just team points, and DraftKings Sportsbook does this, which I think is a a nice addition to the college game because they do it for the NFL. Notre Dame's over-under total points. Think about that for a second. How many points do you think the Irish are going to score? I'll give you a second, then I'll come back to Notre Dame. North Carolina's over-under total points is 28 and a half. And right now the favorite is under 28 and a half. Boy, I'm I'm surprised by that. But Notre Dame, total points for the game, the over-under at 26 and a half. The favorite is Notre Dame going under 26.5 points at minus 130. Again, you can double your money. If Notre Dame goes over 26.5, they are plus 100. So those are some of the numbers right now in Vegas at DraftKings Sportsbook for Notre Dame, North Carolina. Across the board, Notre Dame is the underdog. So if you are a believer in the Fighting Irish and you feel like they're going to win this football game, there's some pretty good juice out there for you. Now let's see if the Irish can get it done. All right, my five question of the day coming up. What about the Irish offense? What do they need to do against Carolina? I'll tell you next on WSBT.
1: One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
2: Darren Pritchett back with you with our My5 today, the five things that the Irish offense needs to do to have success against North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Well, whoever your best three wide receivers are, and I'm not sure we know who that is at this point, Lorenzo Styles is one. Number two is... eh. Number three is... Eh. Maybe the guy waiting in the wings is freshman Tobias Merriweather. Might see him a little more against North Carolina. But Drew Pine needs help. Got to get separation. Give this kid a chance to have success. You can't just throw five yard passes the whole year. You got to be able to get down the field, get some separation to give. Drew Pine, a nice bubble to throw the football to. So whoever your best three are, guys go out there and work for your quarterback. Fundamentally, you got to be sound, get some separation so the Irish can have a little fun with their a game. And you can have that based on the fact they should run the ball very well against North Carolina. Four. Offensive line, Keep taking steps forward. There was progress made last week against Cal. Here comes the butt. Got to be fair about this because we're not just going to light candles and set off fireworks, but how good was Cal's offensive line? I'm sorry, defensive line. I think the interior of their defensive line was actually pretty solid. They had some big boys in there that could do some damage. Overall in their front seven, this is becoming the eh, segment, I think, based on the first couple of answers. Carolina will be more of a challenge. BYU will be a bigger challenge in a couple of weeks. Pro football focus. They break down the film. Who are the most productive Notre Dame offensive players last Saturday against Cal? 19 players were graded. Number one, left tackle, Joel. Number two, Left guard, Jared Patterson. Number three, center, Zeke Carell. Josh Lug, the right guard, was seven. Right tackle, Blake Fisher, was all the way down at number 18. Steps forward. Let's see what happens against a Carolina team who can't stop the run. App State, 288. Georgia State, 235 on the ground.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, number three.
2: I said it last week. I'll say it again. Take care of the football, Drew Pine. Don't give this Carolina offense a gift. I worry about the turnovers. There was some shakiness early on in the ballgame from Drew Pine, but some yelling in his ear. Turned around his ballgame, and he settled in. He can be a solid quarterback for you, a really solid backup. Can he become a full-time starter? Is he good enough? We'll find out over the next few weeks. But I continue to worry about getting the ball further down the field and some of the decisions he'll have to make. Short passing game worked well against California, against elite teams. I think it's going to be a whole lot harder to have success. Number two. Run the ball. I'm okay with being a little conservative on offense based on the power that Carolina offense, keep them off the field. But at the same time, Carolina has not been able to stop anybody. So you can be a little conservative, but bring that level of creativity to your offense to give your guys to have a chance to put up some points themselves against a porous defense. Number one. And this is my weekly reminder Even though it happened last week, I was happy. 22 times it happened. But number one is, don't forget about 25. Don't forget about Chris Tyree. Don't take him for granted. 12 touches the first two games. 22 against Cal. Logan Diggs is back healthy. Three-headed monster is coming back. Don't lose sight of 25. Get him touches. 87 4 and 25. They're your meal tickets. Can't forget about Chris Tyree with Diggs back. Probably Tyree will spend a little more time in certain spots as a wide receiver, and I am okay with that. Get in the ball any way possible. That's the my five for today as we look at the Irish offense against North Carolina. Notre Dame opponent rankings next. Also a Sports Center update from Sports Radio 960, WSBT.
1: A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960, WSBT.
2: 632 at WSBT, Darren Pritchett with you. We have some Notre Dame football recruiting news to point out. The Irish have lost a commitment in their class of 2023. Elijah Page. Offensive lineman, class of 2023, has backed off his pledge to go to the University of Notre Dame. According to On3 Consensus, he is the number 23 offensive tackle in the class of 2023, player number 352 overall. Now, this is a player who recently talked to Blue and Gold, Illustrated that he was solidly... With Notre Dame, he was only talking to the University of Notre Dame, but obviously things have now changed. And apparently the one program that has caught the era page and seems to be making some headway, the University of Southern California Trojans. According to the ON3 website covering the Trojans, we are SC. They are reporting that Lincoln Riley is all over Page at this particular time. So the Irish are down to 22 commitments in the class of 2023. They still have four offensive linemen in the class, Charles Jagasaw, Joe Otting, Sullivan Absher, and Sam Pendleton. And uh, Jagasaw is a five-star recruit. He is the big one in this particular Class. So, again, Elijah Page, offensive tackle, class of 2023, has decommitted from the University of Notre Dame. He originally picked the Irish over UCLA, USC, Michigan State, Washington, and Miami. But now he's up for grabs at this time, but it sure seems like that Mr. Page might be taking a hard look at USC. He is an Arizona kid, a West Coast, I guess. Is Arizona considered West Coast? How about a Western state? I don't want to call them West Coast when I guess they're not really on a coast. So we'll just call them a Western state so I don't get in trouble. All right. So Paige is no longer a member of the class of 2023. For more on this development, Elijah Page, decommitting from Notre Dame. Check out my friends at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Mike Singer has a story up about Page decommitting, and you can find out all the details on this story right now at Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Speaking of offensive line, let's talk about current Notre Dame offensive linemen. The man in the middle is center, Zeke Correll, as I mentioned earlier in the program, pro football focus had Correll as the third most productive Notre Dame offensive player last Saturday against California. Two other offensive linemen were ahead of him, left tackle Joe Alt, left guard Jarrett Patterson. So the offensive line took a step forward against California. Here is center Zeke Correll meeting the media this week, talking about how this offensive line is steadily improving.
5: Yeah, I think we uh, I think we gelled together a little bit better. Um, you know, there's there's flashes of us, you know, playing five as one. That's what something Coach Eastman really focused on. Just five guys, uh, you know, playing as one, seeing everything together. And I think we we definitely executed together a lot more. But um, still not quite where we want to be yet. You know, just focusing on building off of each performance and improving. So um, you know, I think we definitely. We've improved so far, and we just got to keep building on it. That's what practice comes in. High athletes' expectations for the offensive line coming in. I'm kind of surprised at where you guys are at at this point. You know, with the struggles that you guys had in the first couple weeks, or or did you anticipate maybe some struggles coming along? Um, you know, it's never easy. Starting knowing too, but um, you know, we we have a goal, and the goal is to win the one that jump Moore Award as offensive line, and. You know, just take it week by week, day by day, and um, it all comes preparation, really. And then, you know, when you go into game, you're fully confident in your ability to execute. So, um, you know, haven't quite played to where we want to play, but we'll get there. So, just keep improving, keep playing together, and we're gonna, we're gonna get there. It, you talk about gel. Is it something that just happened? Is it something in practice? Is it something that somebody said? Is it events? Or is it is it change in the lineup? What was it that just kind of triggered the change? In the um, I'll just say is it it's almost a decision like we we played together and we played the, we blocked the right way and that all just starts with every individual guy doing their job um, like if, if each individual guy does their job then the play will work out the way it's supposed to. So it's, it's just got five guys not doing too much, not trying to, you know, do other people's jobs, just doing their individual job and playing together. And that's when things, you know, really start clicking for us. So more of that. You face
4: this defensive line every day in practice. Was this game against Cal more of what you see
5: in practice every day? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's our defense is a lot different than the defense Cal ran. But, um, you know, as far as physicality and stuff, we get that every day in practice, so it's no surprise when we step on the field on Saturday. Possibly the highlight of the season last year was Kyron's huge run for 90 plus against North Carolina. Mm-hmm. What does it take to spring something like that from an offensive line perspective, and possibly that against? Um, just making sure all five are blocking the five they're supposed to. I mean, that's all we can do. Uh, you know, you can't do too much. Just make sure you're on your man, and then he actually—I mean, Kyron just made that play himself last year. That was—that was all him. I mean, that was sweet, but. Um, it's just making sure all five of us are doing our job and if we stay on our man, then there's going to be open hole somewhere and our running backs are great. They're going to make plays. I well, we saw you, how it looked from a gameplay perspective. Could you speak to the, the uh, stepping in of Drew wide as a quarterback and a leader, how that kind of came across to you personally? I love Drew You know, I trust him with my whole heart. He's, he's a great guy. He's a great leader. Um, you know, we have no doubts with Drew. He's everyone is at Notre Dame because they're chosen to be here and uh, Drew's going to make great plays. He's going to lead us uh, against North Carolina and he's, he's going to keep improving. You know, every single guy makes that decision every day. So, uh, you know, we trust him with our whole hearts. He's, he's awesome. He's the guy.
2: There you go. Zeke Carell, starting center for the Fighting Irish. It's Notre Dame and North Carolina, Saturday at 3.30. Marcus Freeman show coming up in 20 minutes here on WSBT.
1: You can listen to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren
2: Pritchett. Thanks for sticking around. Sports Beat continues just a little bit. We'll have the Marcus Freeman Show here on Sports Radio 960. WSBT. The Guardians beat the White Sox once again last night, and we are getting very close to the Guardians wrapping up the AL Central. Cleveland now has a six-game lead on the White Sox with just 13 games to go. The elimination number for the White Sox is now down to eight. The wild card actually looks bleaker for the White Sox. The good news is Three of the four teams ahead of them right now in the standings lost their last game. Toronto is 84 and 65. Tampa Bay 82 and 67. Seattle 81 and 67. Those are the three wild card teams in the America League right now. Baltimore on the outside looking in. They're four back of Seattle, and the White Sox are five and a half behind the Mariners. Their elimination number from the wild card chase is down to nine. Guardians and White Sox once again tonight a Guaranteed Rate Field. You enter this series hoping for <laughs> a sweep to really put pressure money. on Everything the Guardians. But unfortunately, the Guardians have won the first two games of the series. And coming up tonight, they throw their ace, Shane Bieber, up against the White Sox, Johnny Cueto. First pitch at 8:10 Eastern time on the south side of Chicago. So the Sox really... Need a lot of luck and some red-hot baseball in order to find their way into October, which looked like a cinch back in April, but now it's looking very unlikely as we inch toward the month of October. Money,
0: money, money. Water, 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 water. Show me the money. We <laughs> go with <and> Sizzle. <laughs>
2: Well, when you stink, you take responsibility. And the first two sports wagering segments of the week, I went one, six, and one. That's not going to cut it. I kind of feel like Frank Reich and the Indianapolis Colts, although my record's better than theirs. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. So last night, we dug in and we tried to figure something out. Here were the suggestions. The Cubs and the Marlins down in Miami. I went with Marcus Stroman and the Cubbies on the money line at minus 105. Marlins were up 3-1 late. Cubbies rallied to win. Thank you Cubbies for a 4-3 victory so we picked up the win. The second suggestion, not so hot. White Sox on the money line against the Guardians at minus 135. Lance Lynn has pitched better. Not last night. Guardians rolled to an 8-2 victory. The other two suggestions though were victorious. Astros on the money line at the Rays at minus 125. Love what Lance McCullers has done coming off the injured list. Astros down late, rallied to win 5-2. And I took the Padres on the money line against the Cardinals at minus 135. Blake Snell against Miles Michaelis. Cardinals hit lefties well, but they have not scored in a while. And the Padres helped me out. Padres beat St. Louis 1 to nothing. The Cardinals have not scored in 43 innings. And oh, by the way, tomorrow they had to Dodger Stadium. Good luck with that. So, 3-1 with my picks last night. So we're now 4-7-1 for the week. 29, 28, and 2 for the month of September. So here we go with four suggestions for tonight. Three involve Thursday night football, which can be heard right here on WSBT Radio at 8 o'clock and the other from Major League Baseball. We start with Browns Steelers from Cleveland. That's the Thursday night matchup. Browns minus four just seems fishy. And when you see a fishy line, you always wanna say, oh, it's a lock. The Steelers plus four, I'll take it. And then a few hours later, you're like, there's a reason why the Browns were the favorite. Browns are coming off a late game loss to the Jets, kind of a fluky loss where they just fell apart. The Browns take on a Steeler team that lost at home to New England last week, 17 to 14. The Steelers have some major issues along the offensive line. Can Mitchell Trubisky get this offense going? Can the passing game do enough to let Najee Harris run free for Pittsburgh? A lot of questions. Now, I know Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback for the Browns. That's not exactly makes you feel good about going with the Browns, but here's why I'm going with Cleveland. A, they're at home. B, they have the running game, which I believe is the best part of either team. I would have said the Steelers if Watt was healthy, but he's not. So, I think the Browns' running game is the difference tonight. I think that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will have really good performances. In fact, I really like Kareem Hunt over 43 rushing yards in this ball game. So I'm backing the Browns based on the running game having success tonight. So I am going to go Cleveland minus four against the Steelers at minus 115 and cross my fingers and hold my breath. Suggestion number two, the Browns team total points on my sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook is 21 and a half. I think the Browns go over that, maybe in that 23, 24-point range. I'm going Browns over 21 and a half total points in the game at minus 105. The third suggestion for tonight, I'm going with Old Notre Dame wide receiver Chase Claypool. Through the first two games, Claypool has been extremely quiet. Eight catches, 44 yards. That includes an overtime in week one at Cincinnati. So Claypool just 44 yards all year. At DraftKings Sportsbook, his receiving yards total is at 39 and a half. I'm going to go under 39 and a half. Steelers are going to have to prove it to me. They can consistently throw the football with Trubisky now. All it takes is one big play for Claypool to go over that number. So this is a risk. But based on what we've seen so far this year, Claypool under 39.5 receiving yards at minus 115. My non-Thursday Night Football pick, Braves and Phillies from Philadelphia. I'm going with Max Fried on the mound for the Braves on the money line at Philadelphia at minus 145. So again, the four picks for tonight, Browns minus four against the Steelers at minus 115. Browns team total points over 21 and a half at minus 105. Chase Claypool under 39 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. And the Braves on the money line at Philadelphia at minus 145. My underdog pick for tonight, this is a long shot. Let's go Browns quarterback Jacoby Brissett over one and a half touchdown passes at plus 185. I'm hoping the Browns move the ball down the field with their running game and then surprise the Steelers down to the red zone. So let's just take a wild shot at Brissett over one and a half touchdown passes at plus 185, our long shot underdog pick of the night. We will wrap up Budweiser's weekday sports beat coming up in just a moment. Again, the Marcus Freeman show is coming up. An hour with the head coach of the Fighting Irish on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: From broadcasting CBS big band shows, soap operas, and game shows back in 1922 to being your home of the Fighting Irish in 2022, this is Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
2: Well, our coverage of Notre Dame football continues in just a moment with the start of the Marcus Freeman Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Another hour of Notre Dame football talk is coming your way on WSBT Radio. Budweiser's weekday sports feed has been brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers. Locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend football fans, this Bud's for you. By the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. September is Hunger Action Month. How will you choose to help end hunger? Learn more at FeedIndiana.org. By Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, new beginnings, have happy endings. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By Legacy Heating and Air, a cook family business. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. By Tim Grau, State Farm Insurance, for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget, call Tim at 574-232-9981. Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old, please play responsibly. And by South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame, since 1949. I'll be back tomorrow from 5 until 7 with another installment of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. A lot of predictions on the Friday before the Irish take on the North Carolina Tar Heels in Chapel Hill. So, hope you'll stop by and we'll talk a little more Fighting Irish football on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT.